it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. After the tragic shooting of a 13-year-old, Adam Toledo, in Chicago, the Democrats are back to defund the police. They weren't for defunding the police on January 6th. They all cried tears. These Capitol Police, they were American heroes when those white, nationalist, MAGA, Trump supporters were storming the Capitol to stop progress and democracy. Do you have any evidence these were organized white nationalists? They were white nationalists! The New York Times said so! Do you have any proof of it? The Washington Post said so! But do you have any proof? CNN reported it! The Oath Keepers. The Oath Keepers are a white nationalist group. Do you even know what the Oath Keepers are? They're Trump supporters. There was no white nationalist insurrection at the Capitol. What was, what did occur at the Capitol was a clear case, a clear case of the leadership deciding to let go of a tug-of-war rope. Those Capitol Police officers were told to open those barricades. Those Capitol Police officers were told to stand down. Their crowd control unit was told to stand down. Six times, the sergeant-at-arms, six times, the man who answers to Nancy Pelosi. This is never discussed. Six times, the sergeant-at-arms rejected a call for the National Guard. They wanted it to happen. That doesn't make it legal. That doesn't make it right. There was no reason to open those barricades other than for pe- if they were, if, unless people were allowed to walk around the rotunda. If they weren't, then those barricades should have remained. If the crowd was becoming hostile, Capitol Police should have had reinforcements. Once the breach occurred, there should have been even more reinforcements. It doesn't matter if they were there for Trump or anyone else. The law is the law. Riots are never legal. I do not stand with those people. I do not stand with the people that invaded the Capitol. I do not stand with them. But they forgot about defund the police for about five minutes. And they raised up the Capitol Police as heroes. We saw the the show where one Capitol Police officer who happened to be black was escorting Kamala Harris around. This was part of the show. He's not Secret Service, but it was part of the show. As soon as a member of the Nation of Islam rammed a Capitol Police barricade and killed a police officer, they forgot all about their love for the Capitol Police. And even though defund the police cost the Democrats what could have been a bigger majority, they're back to it. I don't know a single law enforcement officer, regardless of their race, their religion, their department, their duties, that does not dread the day they may have to draw their weapon and fire it in the line of duty. I, I, I've never met a law enforcement officer. And I know that's the image, right? See this right here? This is my service weapon. I can't wait. No, that, that's, that's, no. You watch too many movies. You watch too many movies if you think that. No law enforcement officer 
wishes to fire their weapon. Training. Training to fire your weapon. That's part of the job. It's like when you, whether you take martial arts, well, why do you want to learn how to beat people up? I've never met somebody who trains martial arts who says, well, I'm doing this so I can learn to beat people up. Even people that train to be in the MMA, it's not personal, it's sport. It's a brutal sport. It's a combat sport. There are injuries. You go in knowing full well you're either going to get injured, injure somebody else, or both. But it's still sport. Boxing, MMA, collegiate wrestling, it's combat sport. Hockey's a combat sport. Football's a combat sport. Different, but still combat in a way. It's very physical. Police work is nasty. It's mean. Police police officers see some of the worst aspects of humanity while on the job. And we never talk about officer PTSD. We talk about it with the military, sure. We don't talk about it with police officers. When you talk to veterans about PTSD... There's more to PTSD than losing a friend and a brother or a sister. There's more to PTSD than surviving combat or an IED explosion or any of the other fatal possibilities of serving in combat. You know what else causes PTSD? When veterans see how people live in other countries the conditions that children are raised in, the conditions that women live in, is why we're obsessed with women, cis women, trans women, whatever. That's a little sarcasm right there. Veterans see things on the ground that academics and so-called analysts, politicians, bureaucrats never see. When you look at the kind of people, and I'm not taking away from the work that they do, intelligence analysts, CIA analysts, military analysts, intelligence officers, the people that provide the briefings, the people that provide Congress, provide the president, provide the administration with information, these are not the people kicking in a door in some third world country. These are not the people that are getting on the ground and going outside the wire. They sit at computers. Again, their work is valuable. I'm not taking away from it. But they don't spend a year living in a hellhole third world country with a culture that doesn't value life and doesn't value 50% of the population. Why do you think so why do you think millions of veterans come home loving this nation even more. Because even if they came from humble beginnings, rural or urban, when they get a taste, when they get an experience of what life is like in some of these places around the world, they thank God they were born and raised in the USA or their parents brought them here legally. 
They kiss the ground when they land back in the United States. And yes, our society has flaws, and no, it's not perfect. But it's a hell of a lot better than what they see when they deploy. And we thank them for it. And we wrap our arms around them. Well, police officers working in very tough neighborhoods with very high crime. They see what children are put through. They see domestic abuse and domestic violence. They see the cancer that are cartels and drug gangs. And they see it every 8 to 12 hours for 20 years. They don't deploy and come home. They do it every single day. And 99% of us have never had to make a life and death decision in less than a second. Take out your phone. If you have Apple, I have Apple. Take out your phone. There, I just opened my clock function, stopwatch. Hit one second. In the time it takes you, I just did it. I hit start and stop, 0.56 of a second. That's less than a second. There are police officers that have to make life and death decisions. Every single time, some defund the police social activist agrees to try a police simulator, they always, always shoot. And they almost always shoot the wrong person. If we have a use of force problem in the Democrat-run cities, it's because they're not investing enough in use of force training. I watched that body cam footage. I watched it again, and then I watched it again, and I, I, I stopped, I started, I stopped, I started. That was a tragedy. Chicago has some of the strictest gun control laws in this nation, and yet a 13-year-old boy managed to acquire a gun that an adult is not legally allowed to own in the city of Chicago. Why was a 13-year-old kid out on the streets of Chicago with a gun? What age do they start recruiting the gangs in Chicago? How many city council members have actually done a ride-along with a police officer? Has the mayor ever done it? Has the mayor ever gone through even nascent, simulated use of force training? Probably not. Now they'll say that's not required to be mayor. Sure, it's not. You're right. But it's very easy for people on social media and the media to second guess, to have hours to second guess a split-second decision that they'll never have to make, ever. That police officer did not go out into the street to shoot a 13-year-old kid. And he's going to have to live, yes, I know the family experienced a lot, but where was the family? Where was the family? Where was the family? What is the state of the nuclear family 
in many of these Democrat-run major metropolitan cities where the Democrats run the schools and the Democrats run the government and the Democrats run transportation and the Democrats decide what businesses may open and what businesses are forced out. What is the state of the family in these communities? And what has it been since the great society? Not so great, is it? When people complain that cops, cops tend to hang out with other cops. There's a reason for it. There's a reason why cops tend to rally around one another, tend to socialize more with one another, because very few people can understand what they do. Now, if defund the police is what you Democrats want, then do it where you live. If that's what you really want. It is time to go back to the 10th Amendment and end all of these federal grant programs. The taxpayers in communities that wish to have police officers should not be subsidizing whatever ridiculous concoction these Democrat mayors and city councils are going to come up with. Good luck fighting the gangs on your streets with social workers and clipboards. Good luck. Good luck to you. Leave the rest of us alone. Leave the rest of us alone to raise our families in peace, to live in relative peace and quiet. If you want your streets to be ruled by savages and you want to live in fear, you go right ahead. I want you to listen to something. Patrice Cullors, the founder of Black Lives Matter, has now taken up in residence in a $1.4 million home in Topanga Canyon, California. I guarantee you there's no defund the police movement there. She lives nowhere near where these riots are and nowhere near there's defund the police. But she's a trained Marxist. She's on the record over and over again promoting Marxism. She went on a program called Black News Tonight. I want you to listen to her defend the enormous amount of wealth that she has garnered since founding this thing called Black Lives Matter. Play cut seven. So a critique, though, from the left that would say, um, if you are a trained Marxist, if we're talking about a certain kind of radical politic, that extravagant homes of any sort or multiple properties of any sort is itself contradictory to the ideology that you hold. And so it's not about having money per se, but that it's about, uh, or about property per se, but it's about there being a potential contradiction between your express politics and your lived practice. Sure, and I think that is a critique that is um, wanting. And I say that because um, the 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 way that I live my life is in direct support to Black people, including my Black family members, uh, first and foremost. And uh, for so many Black folks who are able to invest um, in themselves and their community, they choose to invest in their family. And that's what I've chosen to do. Um, I have a child. I have a brother that has severe mental illness that I take care of. Um, I support my mother, um, and I support many other family members of mine. And so 
I see um, uh, my money as not my own. I see it as um, my family's money. Wow. I have to have a $1.4 million mansion in Topanga Canyon far away from the so-called black community. So I can serve the black community. I have to be rich. I have to live in the lap of rug. Look, this is the old, this is as old as it gets. I have to be in wealth and comfort so I can better you. This is the oldest story. Barack Obama went to the south side of Chicago, hasn't been back since. Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton live in mansions nowhere near their airfingers, quote, organizing efforts. Socialism is for the people, not the socialist. They are using people like a human ladder to climb and then pull up the ladder behind them or drop the ladder behind them. Excuse me if you're talking about a human ladder. This is about my family. What about the rest of us trying to earn a living? Attempting to increase our own wealth, our own prosperity. Yes, dare I say to get rich. That is corrupt when you do it. But not when she does it. Because she's doing it for her family. She needs multiple properties. Million dollar properties. A massive bank account. A war chest, if you will. Royalties. Publishing rights. Speaking engagements. Television projects. Corporate donations. Because she's got a family to take care of. Wine six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. Is she is she calling for the disbanding of the Topanga Canyon Police Department or the county sheriff wherever she lives? No. If somebody were to break into her one point four million dollar home, would she say, "Where where are the social workers? I need social workers." No. No, she wouldn't. Where does Ibram X. Kendi live? Where does Alicia Garza live? Where does LeBron James live? Nowhere near the Air Fingers quote epicenter. They want no part of it. They use these people and their misery, their lack of opportunity. They don't even support school choice. Isn't that scary? When you have failing schools, they don't even support school choice. They don't even support charter schools, these people. Lots of them will open schools in foreign countries. But very few advocate for choice here. Now, I know LeBron James has been involved in education, and I support that. But many of these people are just using misery to enrich themselves. Wine 695 Patriot 9572874. But they never call for defunding the police where they live. If you want to defund the police where you are, then go ahead and do it. Wine 695 Patriot 9572874. Senator Kennedy, Senator John Kennedy, had a very funny response to this on Hannity. Play cut eight. When a radical Muslim jihadist blows up a school, We're always told, don't judge all people of the Muslim faith by the acts of a few. And I agree with that. 
how come the same rule doesn't apply to police officers? And, and, and that's why I said, if you hate cops just because they're cops, I'm not defending bad policing, but if you hate cops just because they're cops, then you're wrong. And next time you get in trouble, just, you know, call a crackhead. See how that works out for you. Yeah. Call your neighborhood crackhead. Maybe you can appeal to the, uh, the local capo or whatever cartel is going to run the streets. How's that autonomous zone stuff working out for you? We're right there wrong. It's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Serious Patriot. You can join me live on the Wilcount Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 east, 9 to noon west, on Sirius XM Patriot, channel 125.